0: just give you all praise and glory. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your many blessings, from whom all blessings flow. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, that you never leave us or forsake us. Lord, we just thank you for your spirit. Lord, as we we share today about your spirit, Lord, your spirit dwells with us. Lord, you're with us. You never leave us or forsake us. Lord, we thank you for that. Just thank you for for being with us. Just open our hearts now, Lord. Help us to receive your word. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to want to share about the Holy Spirit, and I, I don't know. Just I, I don't know if it's just me. I suppose it's just me, but it seems like the Holy Spirit never gets the recognition he needs somehow. I, we talk about the Father. We talk about Jesus. And and the Holy Spirit kind of just becomes, yeah, I, I believe that. But the reality is the Holy Spirit is the one that's with us now. Jesus says, I will give you my Holy Spirit. I'll give you my Spirit. I'll leave my Spirit with you. So the reality is that the Holy Spirit is the one who is present with us. And so even as we gather on a morning like this, we want God's Spirit to be present to move in hearts, and the Holy Spirit is the one who works in people's hearts and lives, so the Holy Spirit is much more important, I think than sometimes we give him credit for, and maybe just maybe i don't i'm I'm going to guess at this part, maybe why we don't talk about the Holy Spirit as much is because of the reality of that there is a Holy Spirit, and we kind of want to just we want to talk about God because he's up in heaven doing his thing. And we want to talk about Jesus because of what he did for us. And the reality is the Holy Spirit is the one who now is still working in our hearts and lives. And maybe sometimes we just kind of avoid that reality. That we just, uh, we talk about God and not the fact that God wants to actually move now in us. So anyway, um, we're going to start in Matthew the third chapter. Matthew the third chapter, John the Baptist came as a forerunner to Jesus' coming. John says he prepared the way. And so he was before Jesus, and he came. and In 311, John says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. When John came, his message was, turn from your sin and be baptized. Repent. And he says, that was my message. He says, but he who is coming after me, talking about Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John the Baptist says, I have this message, I'm preparing the way, but the one coming after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The word baptize there means whelm. Now, when I look that up, whelm, now that's not a word we use. We don't say, wow, that was whelming. We say overwhelming. That's the word we use, overwhelming. And and they and from what I could see that that's That means the same thing. Overwhelming. It says that Jesus is going to come and he's going to overwhelm us with his Holy Spirit. Overwhelm. That's kind of the picture I want you to keep, that he's going to come and he's going to overwhelm us with his Holy Spirit. And then later on in in John, the 7th chapter, John, the 7th chapter, the 38th verse, says, He who believes in me, Jesus is saying this, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus has not yet been glorified. So Jesus tells the people, he says, out of your innermost being, some versions say out of your belly, the idea of being that it's deep within us. It's deep within us. The spirit that God created us like him, the spirit that he gives every person, we're created in his image. We are body, soul, and spirit. Our spirit is deep within us. I don't know, you know, if you've ever experienced that when something happens deep inside of you. You know, sometimes people call it their gut. You know, it's like, oh, something just stirred in me. It stirred to me. That's, I believe, where God deals with us and works in us is deep within us. Deep within us. Not on the surface, but he works deep within us. It says, and then out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So this spirit that God puts in, he wants it to flow out of us and flow living water to people around us. You know, we're to be vessels used by him and this Holy Spirit that he puts within us is now meant to flow out of us. It says, that's what he spoke of when he said this. He says, he spoke of the Holy Spirit, which was to come because Jesus hadn't been glorified. They didn't need the Holy Spirit because they had Jesus physically with them. He was walking with them. You know, they saw him heal people. They saw him deliver people. They saw him raise the dead. They did not need a Holy Spirit. They had Jesus. They could walk with him. And then we find that Jesus then told him, well, I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to be going. And he says, when I go, don't, be, don't worry. It's going to be okay. You know, when somebody you really, did you ever have somebody you really trusted in? Somebody you just really depended on? Somebody you looked up to? Somebody you thought you couldn't live without? Then you thought about the fact that, you know, they're getting older and they may not be around forever? that's what jesus was saying to his disciples you know they're kind of fretting because well he says i'm gonna go and I, oh no don't go he said it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay he says i'm gonna leave my spirit i'm gonna leave my spirit with you in john john 16 verse 7 he says nevertheless i tell you the truth it's to your advantage that i go away jesus says, i'm gonna go and he says don't worry about it because actually this is to your advantage that I go away. He says, for if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The helper, the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, it's a good thing that I'm leaving because I'm going to send my spirit. Why would that be a good thing? Well, instead of Jesus being in one place as a person, he's now going to send his Holy Spirit for everybody, everywhere, at any time. If Jesus was here today, he would only be a person. But now he went away and he said, I leave my Holy Spirit to be with everybody. He can dwell in you. And the Holy Spirit is going to be our helper, our helper. There's all kinds of things the Holy Spirit does, but I like that helper part. He's our helper. Why is that important? Because you need help and I need help. Now, we may not think we need help. You know, that's, that's kind of our, our tendency is, I can handle it. I can do it myself. You know, what do young kids say? I don't need your help. You know, and they start at two. I don't need your help. I can do it myself. So we kind of grow up with that attitude. I can do it myself. Jesus says, well, I'm going to send you a helper. But I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. You will come to a point you're going to need help. You're going to come to a point, you're going to need help. You're going to need help. And Jesus says, I'm going to send you somebody that's going to help you. And then over in John, in verses 13 and 14, as we go on down there, he says, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he's not going to help you. He's going to guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So this helper is going to guide us into all truth. He's going to guide us into truth. The Holy Spirit is going to guide us into the same truth that Jesus brought us. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's going to send his Holy Spirit now. He's going to guide us into all the truth. And the Holy Spirit will not do anything that will not glorify Jesus. Because they're the one. They're one. So, you know, let me just say this about the Holy Spirit. You know, we talk about spirits and and things speaking to us. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. I just want to say this. There are other things want to speak to you, too, just so you know. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. Yourself wants to speak to you. Yourself will constantly tell you things, sometimes what you want to hear, It will tell you things that maybe aren't always true. And I believe then there's the Satan and his evil spirits that want to speak to us. And so when I just say, you know, we need to hear, when I say we need to hear the Holy Spirit, we need to hear the truth that comes from the Holy Spirit. And it's the same truth that Jesus brought. They're not separate. And they are not separate from the word of God. The Holy Spirit is never going to tell you something the Word of God tells you different. Not going to happen. Because I get people sometimes say, well, the Spirit told me. Well, is it line up with the Word of God? Does it line up with the Word of God? Is that what God said? Is that who Jesus is? They're not going to conflict with one another. So Jesus says, I'm going to send you this helper. He's going to guide you in all truth. He's going to tell you what he's heard. You know, Jesus said he came, he spoke what he heard. What did he hear? He heard what his father said. Because they're all one. We just sang it this morning. Praise God. God the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. They're all one. They're going to say the same thing. They're not going to say different things. But the Holy Spirit now is the one who is here to speak to us. To speak to us. To dwell in us. To give us, to give us power to do what he's called us to do. You know, in, in Acts, the first chapter, Acts, the first chapter, when Jesus was leaving, one of the last things he told his disciples in verse 4, he says, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Last week we talked about waiting. Waiting for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. See, I, you know, he says, I've been telling you about it. I'm leaving. Remember, you heard it from me. I said I was going to be leaving. I said I was going to give you a helper. He's going to guide you in all truth. So he says, you know, you've heard it from me. For John baptized with water, talking about John the Baptist, Baptist, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? They still didn't get it. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But here's what you need to know. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So these disciples who had been with Jesus, they had him with them all this time. He said, I'm going to be leaving, but don't worry. I'm going to send you a helper. He's going to guide you in all truth. They still didn't quite get it. Interesting to me. They still didn't quite get it. They thought they knew what was going on, and, and they said, well, you know, it's going to come, and uh, is that when you're going to establish your kingdom? Is that when we get to take charge? Is that when? He goes, no, that's not for you to know. But he says, what you need to know is that you shall receive power. Power for what? Just to have power? Does Jesus just want to give us power? I'm going to send my Holy Spirit so you can just be powerful people. So you just have power. You can sit around in church and play with the power. You know? You can exhibit it in church. Everybody goes, woo, look at that. Wow, oh, that's powerful. No, he says, you're going to be have power to be my witnesses. There's purpose. Purpose. The Holy Spirit is given to us for purpose to be witnesses and we don't have to do it on our own in our own strength you know sometimes people say well i can't do that well i don't i you know i i I can't do that you know maybe you can't and i don't know if you should but if you should god will give you the power through his spirit to do it we were talking this morning in sunday school about the apostle paul You know, if you think about the Apostle Paul, you always think, wow, what a great man. You know, he started churches all over. He went and he just did such great things. And when you look at what Paul said about himself, Paul said, I was weak. I came to you in fear and trembling. Isn't that the kind of leader you want to follow? You know, somebody that's weak. Somebody stands up, says, I'm weak. I came in fear and trembling. What was the difference? He came in the power of the Holy Spirit. That will take fearful and trembling people and make them powerful. That's what Jesus says. I'll give you power to do what I called you to do. You will do things you couldn't do on your own. That's hard. Now I'm going to do things I can't do on my own? Yeah, but if I can't do them, how am I going to figure it out? How am I going to figure it out? How am I going to be what God wants me to be if I can't figure it out? Well, it's because he said, you trust me because I'm going to give you the power to do it. When did he tell the disciples they would have the words to speak? He said, you go, and when you get there, I'll give you the words. Oh, boy. So I got to go, not knowing what I'm doing, and when I get there, you're going to tell me what to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the hardest things about the Holy Spirit is you got to surrender and lose control. I hate losing control. I want to be in control. I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know the outcome. I want to know, Lord, tell me what to say ahead of time so when I get there, I'll know that it's going to be okay. Don't tell me when I get there, you're going to tell me what I'm going to say. I want to know ahead of time. Give me the words. Give me the words. Because we want to be in control. I personally think one of the biggest issues with the Holy Spirit is who's in control. That's just my observation over these many years. Who's in control? And that's a, a question each of us have to answer. Is it me? Or is it the Holy Spirit? Who's in control? Can I trust him? Can I trust him or do I have to know? I shared yesterday, this is just a simple little thing. But to me, it's an example. The Holy Spirit cares about little things. Yesterday when I did the Nora's funeral, you know, I you know, I, I try to think about people and think about what I should say and what does the Lord want me to say. And, and as I thought about it, a scripture, the only scripture that really came to me was a scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. That's a good one for anybody. Nora was a very quiet person. I really fit her. Should fit all of us because most of us talk too much because we think we know it all. And so we should be still and know that I am God. You know, when you think you're supposed to share something, you think, well, is that what I'm supposed to share? You know, and I kind of kicked it around for a couple days and I kind of think so. And I think I would have done it. But here's how the Holy Spirit works. Our granddaughter Chloe's car was going into the shop. And they're out at the outer bank. So I'm to take her car to the shop yesterday before the funeral. So I get in Chloe's car and find her keys and I pick up her keys and on her keychain is a scripture that says, Be still and know that I am God. Now at that point in time, you know, I'm not I'm not completely stupid, but at that point in time I go, you know, I really believe that's what God wants me to say. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. In little things sometimes. You know, that seems like such a little, but that's how he does it. He does it in little things. He does it in little, he speaks to us in little ways. You know, he'll tell us, go do this, say this. He'll show us, yes, that's what I want you to say. And so for me, it was like, wow, okay, that's a confirmation. That's, That's just, wow, God, you know, he's paying attention. Not that I didn't think he was, but you know, it's nice to know once in a while, you know. You know, it's nice to know, okay, that's good. So the disciples were told to wait in Jerusalem. And then we know in Acts 2.14, or Acts two to 4 when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. They were told to wait. And what did Jesus say? He says, I want you to wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I want you to think about that. Wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not wait until the Holy Spirit is in you. He said, wait until it comes upon you. What happened at Pentecost? When tongues of fire came down, I think in myself that that was to get them to understand that the Holy Spirit was now coming upon them. It was a visible picture for them to see what Jesus had said, that it was now coming upon them, and and it says it sat upon them. So they knew There there would be no question in their mind. And as the Holy Spirit came, it says, then they they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak in languages they did not know. And again, it's that same thing. Not knowing. Oh, but I want to know. I want to know. Be still and know that I am God. Trust Him. Trust Him. So He came. He came upon them. And they began to speak to all these folks in other languages, languages they did not know, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so now we see that the disciples, ordinary men, now are filled with power to do what God called them to do. Filled with power. What changes? Everything changes for them. Everything. They now began to do things they'd never done before. They began to say things they'd never said before. They began to touch people's lives in ways they couldn't understand. One of the first people that they touched was a blind man. You know, Peter and John, they were going to the temple, and and they said, you know what? Hey, we don't have no money. He was a beggar. We don't have no money, but what we have, we'll give to you. In the name of Jesus, it was a layman. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And then there was a blind man. They healed a blind man. And then what? The people all got upset. That always intrigued me. Why do people get upset because somebody gets healed? Why do people get upset? Because it's out of their control. Because they can't explain it. And so they had this big discussion about this guy that gets healed. And I love his explanation. They, they went through this thing about, well, you can't do this, you can't, and the blind man stood up and says, me, he says, I don't know if he's good or bad, I don't know, but he says, all I know is, once I was blind, and now I can see, isn't that great? As men sit and argue about, well, can that happen or can't that happen, the blind man says, I don't know. All I know is once I was blind and now I can see. You guys can try to explain it and figure it all out. But I'm just trusting and thankful for what Jesus did for me. And so the disciples now go out and they start to do things. And I think things begin, and things do begin to happen. They begin to establish churches. They begin to go to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth in God's power. In God's power, as He had said, in Acts eight fourteen, Acts eight fourteen to seventeen, it says, "Now when the, apostles, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them." So you know the apostles of Jerusalem they heard, "Hey, there's a group of people over there that have received the word of God. We ought to send Peter and John over there to see what's going on." And when they came. And then when they came down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Interesting. They went to see what was going on. And when they got there, it says, when they got there, they prayed for him that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because he had not fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So when they got there, they found a group of people who had been baptized, water baptized in the name of Jesus, And the Bible says they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. And so Peter and John laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So they had been baptized, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. So they laid hands on them. So we can see that this being filled with the Holy Spirit takes place as people can lay hands on you. People can lay hands on you that you might receive the power that Jesus was talking about. And then another interesting scripture, of course, I think the church always tries to, we try to make systems. My opinion, church makes systems. Well, this is how things happen. You do this, you do this, you do this. Step one, two, three, and you go through our system, and bingo, you come out a Christian. You're you're saved, you're ready to go. And this is how our church establishes the system. I want to tell you something. I think God is not obligated to function under, function under anybody's system. And I personally believe he will mess with every system out there because he's God. He's God. The Bible says the spirit blows where he wills, not where I decide. He blows where he wills. It's not up to us to try to control that. It's to let him blow where he wills, because later on, then in Acts ten forty four, Peter was speaking to a group of people, and while P- Peter was speaking the words, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Now, this is always, you know, I always thought this would be really neat. You know, if anything, if anything ever neat was going to happen, I thought that'd be really cool. That while you were preaching, the Holy Spirit would just fall on people, just kind of sovereign would fall on people I always thought that would just be neat but um, I'm not in control but I just thought it would be neat and so those of the circumcision who believed were astonished so the people that came with Peter of the circumcision, the Jewish believers they were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also so as Peter's preaching to these Gentiles the Holy Spirit falls on them and the Jewish believers go oh my They've just received the Holy Spirit like we did. How did they know that? It says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized? Who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. See, here's a time where as Peter's preached and the Holy Spirit falls, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues and they go, wow. Can anybody forbid that these should be baptized? They got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they were baptized in water. You know, the other group, they were been baptized in water, and then they laid hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. Point being, God will be God. The Holy Spirit moves as He wills, and the Holy Spirit moves as He's allowed to move. We have a lot of choice in the decision of just allowing the Holy Spirit to move. You have a choice in your own personal life. You can say, no, I want to be in charge. I'll be in charge. Or you can allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Let me tell you this. It is sort of uncomfortable letting the Holy Spirit move. Why? because i'm not sure exactly what's going to happen and see i still think you and i want to be in control i think that's our one of our biggest problems i don't want to let this spirit holy spirit be in charge of my life i don't i don't necessarily you know i guess i'll ask for help once in a while but i don't know if i really want him being in charge And I think that's a decision we all make. We all make. You know, one of the things in in those scriptures says, you know, people spoke in tongues. I think that's a control issue personally. Just throw this out. Who's in control of your tongue? Think about it. Who's in control of your tongue? You or the Holy Spirit? Now here's what will happen if you're in control. If you're in control of your tongue, your tongue is going to do things that you really don't want it to. It's going to say things you really don't want it to say sometimes. One of the biggest things I think is for Christians is we need to let God be in charge of our tongue. We need to let him be in charge of our tongue and what comes out of our tongue. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Where does it flow? It flows out and it comes out your mouth. What's coming out of your mouth? I think it's a bit important question. What does God use my mouth for? Does he use it so that we might witness to the people in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth? Am I to be a witness with my mouth? And am I to speak his, his love and his grace and his goodness to people? What am I speaking with my mouth? I personally think that probably, if we're honest, that's a bigger question. Than a lot of questions we have to deal with, and I think that's why a lot of times people struggle with who's in charge of my tongue, who's in charge of what I say. I don't want. I don't want God just saying things through me. I want to know, but I to just. Here's a sidelight to all that. The Bible talks about we can pray in the Spirit also, okay? Now, I'm not going to do a big teaching about it, but I just want to share this, that we can pray in the Spirit. i want to tell you something. In In the times we're living in, I think we need to pray in the Spirit more than ever. You can pray in your understanding, folks, but there's a lot you do not understand, and I don't understand. There's things going on in the earth today that we don't understand. We may have a glimpse. We may have a little bit of understanding. But I think we need God's power. And we need to be able to pray in the Spirit. We need His power to live our lives today. I I, I really hesitate sometimes to sound a negative. And I I don't mean to be negative. I try to be a realist. I don't think things are going to get easier. I think we're going to need the power that God has given us to function more and more and more and more and more. I think we're going to need that because I think things are going to get a little tougher as we get closer to Jesus coming back. One, number 2, as we get further and further away from God, things are going to get tougher. As we get further away from him, we we don't trust him. Somebody said to me, somebody said to me last week do you think God's trying to say something to us with all this rain? It's an interesting thought. Here's the bigger question. What's he trying to say? That, I mean, if he's trying to say something, then we better figure out what he's trying to say. You know? Otherwise, what's the point? You know, that if we're getting further away from him and God wants to speak, we better figure it out. I think it's important Then we start hearing what he's saying. If God is who he says he is, then we better understand what he's trying to say. And I think the Holy Spirit is what comes and lets us know what that is. He guides us in all truth. Otherwise, we're going to be out here floundering around trying to figure it out. We're going to start, and when we start to figure it out, we're going to come up with all kinds of goofy answers. Now, this is my opinion. Oh, it's global warming. You guys are creating your own problem. I don't know if we worked at it if we could create that problem. That's just my opinion. I think God's in charge. I think it's His creation. I think we can do things to mess up some things. Don't get me wrong. But you know, if God isn't real, we've got to come up with answers. We've got to come up with answers. We've got to figure it out. And I just happen to think that the way to figure it out is that we allow his Holy Spirit to give us the power to do what he's called us to do, to speak to our hearts, that we can hear the truth and know what the truth is amidst all the lies going on around us. Because they're going to get bigger and louder. They're going to get bigger and louder. The Bible says that before Jesus comes, he's going to shorten the time because even the very elect will be deceived. Think about that. You know? So my point being, folks, you and I need the Holy Spirit more than ever. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so we can live the lives that God's called us to live. So that we can be witnesses for him. Witnesses for him. So I encourage you, you know, we're gonna we're gonna pray for you. Um Rose and Jim are gonna pray, they're gonna be up here. If you want prayer, you can come up and pray. I'm not telling you that's the only way you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm not telling you that at all. You know, I'm telling you that the Bible says they laid hands on people, they received the Holy Spirit. You know, for a fact, that wasn't how I received it. I'm not promoting that. I'm just telling you, God wills and blows where He wants to, He will meet you where you're at. But I will tell you this if He speaks to your heart and you think you ought to come up, Please come up. I'll tell you that. Because he'll, he'll speak to your heart and he'll tug, tug at you saying, you know, you ought to go up. That's how he works. So let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us so much that you sent your spirit. You gave us your spirit to empower us to do what you want us to do. Lord, we're not here alone. We don't have to be the dads, the moms the husbands the wives the workers that we ought to be on our own but lord you give us the power to do that you give us power to witness you give us power to be who you want us to be so lord help us to surrender to you and to receive that help us to quit trying to do everything on our own thinking we have to figure it out lord just help us to trust you lord just speak to hearts lord I pray for those that come up, Lord, that you just uh, fill them with your spirit. And Lord, those that maybe are thinking about it, that's okay. Lord, just keep stern in their hearts. And Lord, just help them to reach out to you and receive your spirit. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for your presence with us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.